So you're welcome to the Life Masterclass, our first service, right in the Gateway Church. And um, our month-long discourse, we're bringing it to an end this morning uh, on um, how to get things done in the marketplace. This morning, I want us to open our Bibles to John chapter 9. There is something I want us to see, right, John chapter 9. John chapter 9 and verse 4. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 9 and verse 4. John chapter 9 and verse 4. I want everybody to look at the screen and let's read out loud. One to go. Are we ready? That's not everybody. Are we ready? While it is day, the night comes when no man can walk. Let's read again two more times. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk. For the last time. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. So Jesus here was talking about the urgency of the assignment that God, his father, had given to him. Let me start out by saying this morning that you will never have all the time in the world to do whatever you need to do. Everybody has an allotted time. Everybody has an appointed time. There is a time frame in which you must do whatever it is that you are supposed to do. When you do what you are supposed to do, right, is as important as what you want to get done. So, for instance, um, if a man's goal is to be maybe a millionaire, and you achieve that goal in your 90s. You've achieved it, but you will not live to enjoy it. Because of what, what pleasure does a 90-year-old man want to experience in life? You can't drive a fast car. The ignition alone can give you an heart attack. <laughs> Praise God. So it's not just about the accomplishment of things. It's about the time frame or the specific season of life in which that thing must be accomplished. And that's why Jesus was saying here to his disciples. He said, I must. Not I choose to. He says necessity is placed upon me. To do the work of him that sent me while it is still day. Now Jesus was not talking about chronological day. He was not talking about the day as in 9 a.m. or when the sun rises. No. He was talking about the season of life. The season of life. The season of life. That's why you and I, we need to be conscious. Every day when you wake up, you need to understand that the time is ticking. And that second that you lose and you miss, right, you will never get it back. And so we must be accomplishment oriented. We must be goal obsessed. Whatever it is you want to do at every season of your life, it must be so clear to you. And you must say, always say like Jesus said, that I must do what I'm supposed to do while it is still day. Because that time is coming when no man can walk. Jesus was telling Peter that a time is going to come in your life where somebody will have to hold you by the hand to go to wherever it is you want to go to. So it simply means energy will dissipate with the passage of years. And that's why the Bible makes us to understand that one of the glory of the youth is their strength. 
It's their energy. It's their time. You see, you have the time to do what needs to be done. Am I making sense this morning? And that time must not be uh, uh, spent uh, engaging in trivialities. That time must not be expended doing things that have no earthly and eternal consequence. Whatever it is you are doing on a daily basis, it must be moving the needle towards the ultimate goal that you want to accomplish. So we need to realize, right, that we don't have the time to do everything that needs to be done. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, you don't have the time. To do everything. Whatever you need to do, do it now. Tell the person, do it now. I give you the permission, point your fingers in their face and say, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Many people, when you ask them two years ago, what do you want to do? I'm planning to. You ask them 365 days ago, how far with what you said you want to do? I am still planning to. We entered into the year 2021 with so much excitement. Breakthrough festival. This year, I'm going to break through. <laughs> what I have this year, I'm planning to. This is what I'm planning to do. Ask that person sitting next to you once again. Are you still planning? There is a time to plan. There is a time to execute. There is a time to plan. There is a time to move in the direction of that which you have planned for. You see, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Not the sitting down, the steps. It simply means the righteous must be taking steps. The righteous must be in motion. The righteous must be doing something. That is what God blesses, not your passivity. Many people in the name of, uh, 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 um, I'm, I'm believing God. They have embraced the lifestyle of indolence and laziness. While you are waiting on God, God is waiting on you. And that's why we need to be time conscious. That's why one of the things we said, which are principles of execution, that is how to get things done in life and in the marketplace, is that you must get rid of people and things that waste your time. Like I said last week Sunday, people who waste your time are not really time wasters. They are destiny wasters. When you allow such people to linger around you for so long, it's only a matter of time before you lose every consciousness of destiny. You see, when many people step into a new season, especially a new year or a new half, there is always that enthusiasm. There is always that consciousness that this is a season pregnant with possibilities. That energy is there. But most times, people lose sight of their goals basically because of, or mostly because of the people that they surround themselves with. If you surround yourself with people that have no passion, no sense of accomplishment, who are not goal-oriented, when you begin to move at a particular pace, their lethargy right, will, be like, will be like water on your fire. Something will just tell you, you are taking life too hard. Take it easy. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop taking it easy. Take it hard. Have learned this lesson in life. That you are either hard on yourself or life is hard on you. But you must experience a measure of hardness. The reason why life is hard on so many people, why a lot of people are going through one kind of, uh, one form of hardship or the other, is because they are not hard on themselves. They are not hard on themselves. 
That's why you see people in prison. Not everybody anyway, but most of the people in prison. Because they cannot undo freedom, society takes away their freedom. So yes, you have a right to do whatever you want to do, but not at the expense of another human being. So when you say you have a right to take what is not yours, you rob a bank. Society is saying you can't undo that freedom. So stay where you have no freedom. So everybody has a right to choose whether you are going to be hard on yourself or life is going to be hard on you. So when you set out to achieve a thing, and let me tell you, these principles can be you know, applied in every area of your life. Whether you want to get married, you want to buy a thing, you want to acquire something, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's a five-year plan, a ten-year plan, it can even be a 365-day goal. These principles apply, they cut across board. So many things I've said I don't want to go into again. But please understand the time management matrix. If you're going to get anything done, there are things that are important and urgent. There are things that are important and urgent. Right? I forgot I would have shown us this on the screen. You know, um, it's like a quadrant. Call it the time management matrix. And the first thing, right, is what is important and urgent. When you keep living your life in this quadrant, it simply means you are constantly in a crisis management state. You are, on, you are in a pressure mode. You see, it is a sign of irresponsibility to always find yourself in a place where you are constantly doing what is important and urgent. The things that are important should not get to the point of urgency or the point of emergency. The best place to live your life is to do things that are important but they are not urgent so that they will not become urgent. Spend most of your time doing things that are important. It means you must identify what is important to you. And you do it when it's supposed to be done. You do it when it's supposed to be done. <laughs> the third part of that quadrant is doing... Uh, many people do things that are not important but those things are urgent. And you must learn to delegate these things. Especially when you can. They are not important, but they are urgent. They are not important, but they are, not, uh, they are urgent. I don't want to, because this is not what I want to focus on this morning. Maybe some other time I'll talk more about this. Then there are things that are not urgent and they are not important. Eradicate them. Some things are not urgent. And they are not that important. Many people focus their time doing these things. You can get a pat on the back for doing these things, but it never moves the needle. As an entrepreneur, you need to constantly ask yourself, this thing that I'm doing, is it important? And is it urgent? Now, you shouldn't stay in that quadrant of importance and urgency, right? It must, you must always live in the realm of it is important, but it is not yet urgent. But the things that are not important, they are not important and they are not urgent, you must learn to eradicate those things out of your life. Am I making sense this morning? We spoke about the fact that you need to protect your energy. Protecting your energy is very important. If you are going to get things done. How do you do this practical way? Sleep well, eat well, exercise more. Sleep well, eat well, exercise more. Eradicate junks. Reduce your sugar intake. Am I making sense? Especially when you are getting close to 40. You can't be eating like someone who is in the early 20s. For those of us who are in our 40s, whether you are online or in church this morning or who are going to hear this, you cannot be eating in your 40s like someone who is a teenager. You are digging your, your grave with your teeth. 
Number 11, also you cannot be sleeping. Let me say this. You cannot be sleeping also. Like it's, the older you grow, the more you need to sleep. I know that's a shocker to some. You say, I used to say that nonsense too many years ago. Until the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. I think I shared it with some of us one on one. Say, God is not stupid. He knew what he was doing when he created the daytime and the nighttime. So you must get adequate rest if you don't want to be late to rest. There is no glory, no medal in it. I don't, you know, I, I slept only three hours per night. Your body might get used to it over time, but something is dying in that body. It's only with the passage of years you will know the harm you have done to that body. That's why you can't keep driving a car endlessly. Even an aircraft will get to a point where it must land. Many of us keep driving our body as if we have an alternative one. We have a spear body. You are not Mario. Those things only happen in games. You only have one life. If you mess up this body, life is finished. Next, walk every time you walk. Walk every time you walk. Walk is not a playground. Every one of us needs to understand that. Walk is not a social club. Many go to work and they are socializing. Socialization is not part of your job responsibility. We also say you need to develop the ability to walk faster. Number 13, reward yourself appropriately. This was where I stopped last week. Reward yourself appropriately for every task accomplished. Remember that the human mind is largely influenced by the pain of pleasure connection. So you must learn to create a pleasure connection to getting things done and mentally connect a feeling of pain to unaccomplished tasks. Many people don't even, you see, the way they have programmed themselves, they don't feel, see, you should feel bad when you don't do what you are supposed to do. You should not feel good. No, you should, you see, and you are the only one that can do that to yourself. Program yourself in such a way that when you have a list of things you are supposed to do in a day, you know, that's one of the things we also said, always work from a list. And nobody is too young or too old to put these things to practice. You wake up in the morning, you must have a list of what you want to do. When you don't get those things done, everybody that works closely to me knows I always have a list. It might be written with my hand or on my phone. As you are doing it, I'm crossing it out. You can't, you can't just live your life open-endedly like, you know. So when you don't get it done, you should feel bad. You should, you should create that pain connection. That, ah, I couldn't get this done today. And when you eventually accomplish what you set out to accomplish, right? Create a pleasure connection. How do you do that? You reward yourself. In proportion to what you have done. So you can't make maybe a profit of 10,000 naira now. And give yourself a reward that even drives you into debt. That's foolishness. Or you get a contract of 50 million naira. And you now reward yourself with a side cheek. As ultimate stupidity. There is no kinder way to say it. Because, you know, they say some things that, you know, there are some women that are secretly praying that their husband should not make it in life. Because they don't trust his sexual sanity. They know that the more he has, the more losing we become. So, as the man is praying for breakthrough, the woman is saying, God, please calm down, calm down. Don't do it too soon. Be testing him with every year, be increasing him with one million. Ah, to increase this guy from one to hundred, ah, it's disaster. Oh God, don't try it. <laughs> God, even you, you know, you will not see him again. 
<laughs> you know, there are some people like that. Once they make some little change, you can't talk to them again. You can't talk to them. Say, is it not because I'm picking your call? <laughs> they won't tell you that, but their body language and their response will tell you. <laughs> Praise God. May you never get to that level in your life. It's a strong prayer that you should say amen to. May you never get to that point in your life where you don't have any voice of alignment. You know, there are times when you have to take a car for alignment. It's not that the car is not good. But the hand, if you keep it, will veer you off the road. Many people, it's not like anything is ultimately wrong with their life, but their life is not aligned. And so eventually, if they continue driving their life that way, they will eventually enter into the ditch. That's what a voice of alignment does. It's not that you are not accomplished. It's not that you can't accomplish more. But a voice of alignment helps you stay in the middle of the road. So reward yourself appropriately. When you do that, a pleasure connection, right, is created in the human mind between getting things done. Right and pleasure, and the way the human mind works is that it wants to get more of that pleasure feeling. So unconsciously, you start. You see, you notice that you start driving yourself towards accomplishing more things. Number fourteen, if you're going to get things done, and I want you to listen to this and listen well, forget about work-life balance. It doesn't exist. Forget about what. Everyone who is greatly accomplished in life, ah, they don't do all the work like balance. You see, life can never be balanced. When you say balance, it simply means there is a static, um, uh, um, a static um, phase whereby, okay, a particular proportion of your time is allotted to this, this one is allotted to this. You see, balance can only be achieved with a consciousness and understanding of the season you are in part time. And so instead of practicing work-life balance, what you should practice is intentional imbalance or what I call work-life integration. Work-life integration. Learn to integrate your life into your work, right? And your work into your life. For instance, the balance, what will be a work-life balance to uh, um, a, 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 a mother of three or four or five children cannot be work-life balance to a, a, a single lady. Just because they are in different seasons of their life. They are in different seasons. So, you see, this ideology of uh, this is the way everybody must live. No, you are the one that must learn how to integrate your work into your life and your life into your work, depending on the season in which you are in. That's another thing that's traditional goal setting, right, as left out of the equation. When they say you should set smart goals. I think I spoke about this like two, three years ago when we did the um, uh, um, planning the future. Um, workshop. I think I'm still going to do that this December. I hope so. <laughs> Praise God. You know, and I spoke about uh, making smarter plans. And one of the things I said about the last hour, right, is that you must set goals that are relevant to the current season of your life. For instance, a nursing mother cannot say, because it is impractical, I will read 100 books this year. It can never happen. How do you want to do that? The baby with us here three pages. <laughs> you know, so you now look at someone who is reading 100 books. Say, ah, I must do that. You cannot do that now because that goal is not relevant to this season of your life. There is a time of your life that you build human beings, there is a time of your life that you build your career. 
That's one thing this generation does not understand. Many of us, our parents, sacrifice for us to be who we are. This generation is sacrificing nothing for the children that are being born. So daddy goes to work, mommy goes to work, everybody arrives in the evening. And the person that has been raising the children is the domestic staff. What's the future of those children? Even those of us that they spend time with, at least one person spent time with, uh, we still needed rehabilitation growing up. We still needed some people to give us knocks on the head. Now talk about people that daddy is not in the picture, mommy is not in the picture. They believe the word of the domestic staff more. In fact, the real mother is the domestic staff. Because people don't understand that, you see, this balance thing has to do with the season of life that we are currently in. So forget about work-life balance if you are going to get things done. So ask yourself, what do I want to get in this season of my life? Then you have to organize everything at that season of your life around that major thing you want to accomplish. So sync your life and your work together. Focus on consistent priority management. What is most important to you at this season of your life? Number 15, cultivate a lifestyle of discipline. Cultivate a lifestyle of discipline. Cultivate a lifestyle of discipline. If you're going to get things done, you must understand and embrace a lifestyle of discipline. And you say, discipline is motivated by what I call consequence consciousness. That's the only way to stay disciplined. Somebody say, consequence, consequence. consciousness. Say it again, say, consequence, consciousness. For the third time, consequence, consciousness. That's the only way to stay disciplined. What do I mean by that? When you know that if I don't do this thing, this will be the consequence. If I don't sleep, this will be the consequence. If I don't study as a student, F9 will be the consequence. So, when you see, the reason people are not disciplined is because they are not aware of the consequences of indiscipline. The reason people don't manage finances well is because they are not aware of the consequences of not managing their finances well. Let me tell you this. There is nobody that begs in their old age uh, who knew that they were going to beg in their old age. It's because they did not do things financially well while they still had their strength and energy to work. If you don't manage your relationship well with your spouse, there is a consequence. When you understand that, huh? <laughs> it will make you discipline that there is a way I must manage my relationship with my spouse. There is a way I must go about my... But when you think that there is no consequence, life is just, we do things as... <laughs> you just keep living anyhow. Like the devil. Going to and fro. The devil already knows his consequence and it cannot be changed. It is hell. So that's why he's living anyhow. Don't be like him. You still have the privilege and the opportunity of changing your destination. Am I making sense this morning? Why do you fast? Because you know that eating too much has a consequence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Living a life without sacrifice has a consequence. It does. It does. It is the consequences that your life will be ordinary. Because for you to experience the extraordinary, you must do the extraordinary. 
<laughs> the output of life is a reflection of the input you have made into it. So if you want extraordinary results, you must do things that are extraordinary. So cultivate a lifestyle of discipline. Be disciplined with your time. Be disciplined with pleasure. Be disciplined with the media. Especially in this age and time. Be disciplined with your phone. It's called the smartphone. Be smarter with it. Praise God. I can't emphasize that more. It cannot be overemphasized. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let your phone control your life. You bought it with your money or it was given to you. Don't let the phone take over your senses. Don't let it take over your time. Many wake up with the phone in their hand, sleep with the phone in their hand. The only time the phone is not in their hand is when they are taking their bath. That's no longer being smart. You have now become a slave to that device. And let me tell you this, if you are not disciplined with media consumption, you will never... You might be accomplishing things, or you think you, are, you think you are achieving some things. But let me tell you this, we are achieving only a fraction of what you are supposed to be achieving. You know that there are guys now, they call attention engineers. These are guys that were working in casinos in Las Vegas. These are the top guys employed now by social media sites. That's why it's so addictive. So there's a way they create those things to make you addicted. Like someone that goes into the casino who goes to Las Vegas and stays in a particular place. You know, the way they construct those places when you enter, you don't know whether it is night or day. You just keep playing. You keep playing. You keep playing. An illusion of reward. I will win in the next game when I throw the next dice. And that's what social media also does. Scroll through the next picture. Swipe left to the next image. Keep swiping and swiping. And time is being swiped away. Destiny is being wasted. Many of us spend time on phone with the deception of I'm working. If, you are, if your work has to do with social media, create an allotted time that you spend and the time that you do the work on social media. Let me tell you this. Social media has replaced many people's thinking. Many people no longer, their, their thoughts are no longer original. You think you are the one thinking? No. Some people have programmed you to think in a particular way because you have not been disciplined with that thing in your hand. There are times you might need to go offline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How were we living before the age of social media? Before the days of internet? If you are old enough, life was more simpler. Relationships were deeper. Today you believe that you have seen someone, you might not have seen someone for two years. So that will give you an illusion that you are seeing. So we are still friends, we are still friends, we are still friends. But you are no longer friends, you have grown apart. Be disciplined. Be disciplined. And last but not the least for this series, learn to say no without feeling guilty. If you are going to get things done, you must become a master at saying no. And please understand this, no is a complete sentence. You don't always have to give an explanation for saying no. It's not everybody you give an explanation to. Can I? <laughs> no. They are waiting for a response. There's no. That is just no. You can't keep saying yes to everything and get much done in life. Who did I learn that from? Jesus. <laughs> Luke chapter 4. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Have you been blessed this morning? Yes, 
Luke chapter 4, let's read verse 42 to 43. Luke chapter 4, verse 42 to 43. The Bible says, and when it was day, let's read it out together, one to go. And when it was day, it departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him and that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore are my saints. Jesus had finished the crusade here. That's the background story. So he spent time to pray, to refresh, you know, be with the Father. And the Bible says the next morning, the people came to him. I love the way the New King James, um, New Living Translation puts it. It says, the crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him to not, leave, not to leave them. But a reply, I must preach the good news of the kingdom in other towns too. Because that is why I was sent. Ah, Jesus. People say you should preach the gospel to them. How would you say no? Because there are other things I must do. Jesus said no. <laughs> if Jesus could say no, you must learn to say no. Showing here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hmm. You see, naturally, I'm a people, I don't like hurting people. So, my natural response when somebody asks me something is, I say, yes. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit has to teach me over time. Stop giving immediate response. So now one of them I say is, I'll get back to you. So during that get back to you, I have time to think, to process. How does this thing affect my priorities? How does it affect this season of my life? I just say, ah, yes, 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 yes. I can't be saying yes to everybody. If I'm saying yes to everybody placing a demand on my time, his newspaper will be sharing every Sunday morning. In fact, and I'm even looking forward to the time that I even have more time because as far as I'm concerned, I'm not even spending enough time that I'm supposed to be spending. Praying and studying, I still need more time. Because let me tell you this, the ultimate value of your pastor to you is the time he spends in the secret place, not the time he spends with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Many people want a pastor that will be hanging around them all the time. You see, that's why we have leaders. Study the Bible. Moses spent more time in God's presence than he spent with the Israelites. It was the 70 elders that were spending time with the people, not Moses. Because if I'm not hearing from God, there is no reason for us to gather. But many people don't understand that. Ah, I want to see. <laughs> Praise God. Learn to say no. Because to be effective, you have to be selective. To be effective, and as a business person, as a career person, you also need to understand that if you are going to get more things done, you must cultivate that habit of saying no, and you must not feel guilty about it. Let me tell you this, you are already saying no, you just don't know. How? Every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to other things. So the question is, have you been saying no to the right things? Are you saying no to what you are supposed to say no to? Or say, and saying yes to what you are supposed to say yes to? Or you are saying yes to what you should be saying no to? Why is it that people find it difficult to say no? Number one, they don't realize they are a limited resource. They are a limited resource. So you need to understand this. You are a limited resource. You cannot do everything. You cannot help everybody. Even Jesus said the poor you will always have in the land. If Jesus could not solve the problem of poverty when it came to the earth, you and I cannot solve it. Because some people, ah, as Sister Susan said some months ago, I said it in Yoruba, said, I want to say, 
How do you say that in English? We're having a conversation. I never forgot that statement. So some people have made a covenant with poverty. Oh, by their lifestyle. By their habits. So why are you finding it difficult to say no? Because you don't realize you are a limited resource. You are. And you need to realize that you are. Number two reason why people find it difficult to say no is because they are people pleasers. This was one of my own problems. I'm still trying to overcome it anyway. <laughs> Being a people pleaser. You don't want to look bad to people. You want everybody to think you are nice. I learned this from my wife. Every, everybody doesn't have to like you. <laughs> Even Jesus said that if everybody is singing your praise, something is wrong. Everybody should know. You see, if you are trying to please everybody, you will end up not pleasing yourself. You will end up not achieving what you are supposed to achieve. You see, a woman came to Jesus and said, Heal my child. Jesus said, No. Ah. Are you not the son of God? Did you come to you? He said, God does not send. My father did not send me to heal non-Jews. In this earthly ministry, he didn't send me. It's only to Jews. After I go, the disciples that I'm raising now, they can heal non-Jews. But to me, I'm only sent to the lordship of the house of Israel. Is that not saying no? Doesn't that sound wicked? My daughter is sick. My daughter is about to die. I'm sorry. I'm not sent to you. Ah -ah. People find it difficult saying no because they have a savior's complex. They want to save everybody. <laughs> you know, one of the things that they teach life um, guards, is that what they call them, when people want to drown, uh, is that they tell them, let the person drown. Or let them almost drown before you try to save them. Or else, while the person is still struggling with the water, <laughs> the person can slap you or hit you and you drown together. So when the person has become so weak that they can't struggle anymore, eh, that's when you dive into the water and save the person. Because in trying to save the person before time, you can die together. Many of us have heroes complex. You want to be everybody's savior. Else shall die. You shall soon die. Number four reason why people find it difficult saying no is because they always feel obligated. They always feel obligated to help everybody, to do everything. Number five is low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. So if I say no now, no, they, they will now not like me. They need an obsession to be liked. Number six is lack of personal vision, goals, and direction. That's why you are saying yes to everything and everybody. Because you don't have things you want to do. You don't have things that you have set out that want to achieve this day, this week, this month, before the end of this year. So anybody can throw anything at your table. <laughs> Please, understand that you don't only have the right to say no. You have a responsibility to say no to some things. It is a responsibility. It is a responsibility. When we say yes, when we should say no, we end up resenting our commitment later. We feel exhausted, we feel like we have been spread thin, and we eventually burn out. You can't be truly effective if you are not disappointing some people. As a business person, as a husband, as a friend, right, as a parent, you will have to disappoint people. Get used to it. It's part of life. You see, it is better to say an honest no than to say a dishonest yes. And sometimes, you don't even need to tell people, I will get back to you. Give them on the spot answer, no. 
Because in your mind, you already know this is a negative response. I can't do this thing. Don't say, I will get back to you. Say, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do this. And let it end there. So how do you say no without feeling guilty? I'm going to rush through this because I'm already behind time. Number one, know what's most important to you. Know what's most important to you. How do you do that? Create a priority list. A priority list. Maximum of ten things. Between three and, how devil say seven. Between three and seven. There are seven things that are most important to you in this season of your life. Create it and don't just create a priority list and throw it away. Create a priority list and always keep it visible. And use that priority list as a decision-making filter. A decision-making filter. Right? So know what's most important to you. Know what's most important to you. When you give your time and your energy to things that are not important to you, you are going to constantly feel stressed and out of balance. Number two, set clear boundaries. Set clear boundaries. Once you know your priorities, you must be intentional about protecting your priorities. And now you protect your priorities by creating boundaries. Creating boundaries, right? When you don't have boundaries, you end up going to places you don't want to go to. When you don't have boundaries, you'll end up spending the money you don't have. When you don't have boundaries, your commitments will manage you instead of you managing them. Set clear boundaries. Set clear boundaries. Boundaries help you recognize the difference between other people's priorities and your own priorities. Number three, be accountable about your, power, about your boundaries. Be accountable. So it simply means there must be somebody in your life, right, that must be aware of what your boundaries are. For instance, maybe your spouse, if you are married, that this is our boundary. In this time frame, in this season of our lives, we are not doing this. This is our focus. Somebody must be aware. You see, a boundary is not something only you know. If you are the only one aware of your boundaries, right, it will never be a boundary because you will be shifting it. And nobody will know something is being shifted. Be accountable. Be accountable. Be accountable. Number four, reject guilt. Never say yes out of a sense of guilt. Right? Reject that feeling of guilt. Every time you say no and you feel guilty, reject that feeling. Reject that feeling. Because if you start making yourself feel guilty, you will resort right back to saying yes, even when you are supposed to be saying no. Number five way to say no is to be kind and clear when you respond to people. Be kind and clear. Be kind and clear. Be kind and clear. Right? Be kind and clear. So what do I mean by that? Say it in a kind way, but be clear that my response is no. If you know that you can't make it right there when somebody asks you, oh, can you come and say it? I'm sorry, I can't make it. What about tomorrow? What about in two days' time? By this, uh, uh, by um, 2 a.m. No, not 2 a.m. <laughs> by 2 p.m., right? <laughs> Except you are going to COVID. <laughs> Number six, automate your response. Automate your response. Automate your response. Automate your response. What does that mean? Have a script for saying no for certain areas of your life. Have a script. What do I mean by that? When people ask you for certain things and you know that such a demand is repetitive, have a script. It can be a text that you have composed somewhere. Put it in a notepad. Put it on your clipboard. As they send it, copy it and paste it. Some of these things sound funny, but that's the things that help me to manage my time. So all the time, you don't have to be coming up with, eh, how do I now say no? How do? You already have a script. 
For instance, with me, because I also had a background work, I worked with customer service, right? There are things a customer will have to, it's not all the time you'll be thinking of new emails to compose. There is already a template. You just copy, edit the name. Dear Mrs. So-and-so. Maybe it's Dear Mrs. Ojo. The next one is Dear Mrs. Obadi Jesu. You just remove name and copy and paste. We're, we are sorry that at this time we cannot do this, but we advise. It's not, it's not that you are just thinking, so what should I tell? No, you are wasting time. Have the scripts. Have the scripts. When people say, oh, let's go to the movies. Have the scripts. When they say, you know, one of the things that happens to me a lot is, you know, <laughs> I had to learn that in ministry, preaching everywhere is not really a sign of success. Just Spirit had to teach me that and I had to learn that from my mind. Jumping from place to place, place to place. And the primary constituency God has given you, your sheep, they are not being fed. So there are times people go, oh, you know, can we do IG live together? You will hardly see me do Instagram live with people. Hardly. Let's do IG. I'm not saying it is wrong, go. I'm not saying it is wrong. My own priorities now, it does not feed it. How can we do agile? Especially during lockdown. Everybody, ah, let's do agile. No, I don't. I'm not. Agile. No, no, it was just. Maybe I did only one or two. Because before you know it, you keep doing all those things, responding yes, 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 yes. And before you know it, you have no time to do what is most important. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. For the seed of your word that's been sown in this month of August, we thank you.